Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Football Friday right here on the National Football Show with your boy Dan Cilio. Are you ready? Are you ready, man? That was a pretty good Thursday night football game, too. Really was, man. It was a game that showed us a little bit. And did I see a Geno Smith sighting? Holy cow, out of the gate. I'm like, Geno Smith. Hey, and real quick, Philadelphia Eagle fans, is your quarterback and your future quarterback in Seattle, is your future quarterback in Seattle with Russell Wilson, we're going to talk to the legendary Warren Moon in the second hour, Hall of Famer, and he's part of the broadcast team for the Seattle Seahawks, and he was calling the game last night. And we will ask him, do you think Russell Wilson is happy in what's going on in Seattle? Because I will tell you guys flat out, if I'm Russell Wilson and I look at that football team, was it not exposed last night that the Seattle Seahawks have basically done exactly exactly what the Patriots did at the end of their run? They haven't retooled. The football team, the defense is not very good. The offensive line is suspect at best. I love DK Metcalf, but outside of that, the running attack is lost. I mean, it's. I think the Seattle Seahawks running attack is worse than the Philadelphia Eagles running attack. And the only reason I say that is, is because Sirianni doesn't run the ball enough. You watch Pete run the ball, and it's terrible. I know Carson was out, but Jesus, man, if you're Wilson, I think you got to go into the offseason and you got to talk to your agent again and go, get me the hell out of here because you're not going anywhere. You're just not going anywhere in that division. All right. We're also going to have Bill Romanowski in this show. So we're going to have him hopefully at around the 5 o'clock hour Eastern time, and we will have Warren Moon at around 5.30 Eastern time, and we'll talk to the legendary Hall of Famer. How about this? Are you guys ready? We have a Hall of Famer and a guy with four Super Bowl rings. And yes, Paul, Romo is a nut. I've known him since, get this, you want to know how long I've known Romanowski? I've known Romanowski since I was 13 years old. Bill's from Connecticut, too, and we made a lot of all-star games back in the day. We'd bump into each other. I think he's from New Britain, if I'm not mistaken. He played at BC. Tried getting me to go up there and play at Boston College. I was like, nah, I don't know. Uh, I, I went to Catholic high schools my whole life, man. I had to get down to my Emma. I done. All right. Hey, listen. So you hear me talking to Paul. What does that mean? Well, we, we invite you to bring content to the show. As I tell you all the time, we write down a whole bunch of things, bring it to the show here. And you see Muhammad on there. Muhammad, I appreciate you coming aboard with us. Anything you guys want to bring up. We just started the show off with a topic. Is the Philadelphia Eagles quarterback in Seattle? I'll get to it in a minute. But as I was saying, you guys get an opportunity, okay? You guys get an opportunity to add to the show. So we so appreciate it if you do. We'll slide it in on some of the topics that we're hitting on, and we'll go from there. Okay. 
Let's start it off here with Muhammad. Muhammad says Wilson will not be in Seattle next year, and Pete Carroll will retire. Muhammad surely looks like that thing's running out of gas in Seattle for Pete, isn't it? They've made poor personnel decisions over the last couple of years. They have not drafted very well. They have not been able to identify really great talent coming out of college like they did back in the day, and that's kind of wore off for Pete a little bit, didn't it? His advantage of knowing a lot of the top college uh, talent coming out of college is no longer available to him, and it shows they are not bringing in very good players to be able to really develop around Russell Wilson. Remember something, when Russell Wilson showed up in Seattle, they had a football team that was centric on defense and running the ball with Marshawn Lynch. And they they were playing great defense and they were building. Hey, that Michael Bennett kid, I got to tell you guys a quick story. When I was in Tampa, everybody forgets Michael Bennett was in Tampa. Bruce Allen and John Gruden found this guy. And I said, don't let that guy go, man. That guy can rush the passer. And I, I was like, I think they may have gotten him from New Orleans. I think he was cut by the Saints. And he was walking the street. And I was like this. We're doing Joey B. Dion, thanks for coming aboard. Seattle, rely on Russell's ability way too much. Absolutely true. I mean, it, it's, it, it resembles what Brady. Okay? It resembles like Brady in New England at the very end. So as I was saying, that kid Michael Bennett, I kept telling Bruce Allen, who was the GM at the time, don't let Michael Bennett go. That guy is a good-looking player. He goes to Seattle, and he's a borderline Hall of Fame football player. That guy was walking the street. Honestly, man, I mean, I, they found him as a free agent. I think, Like I said, I think the Saints cut his ass. Dion, appreciate you coming aboard, brother. Real good, man. So, yeah, man, I mean, is that quarterback, is he up in – Seattle for the Philadelphia Eagles. Is that your future in Seattle? We'll get to that here in a minute. But I do want to start the show off. And by the way, we'll talk Carolina Eagles. We'll also talk a little bit about Christian McCaffrey's health, whether or not he's going to be a guy who's going to play on Sunday against the Eagles. Kansas City-Buffalo is a big game. I'll tell you what's a, sne a sleeper game and a sneaky game. Ready? Packers and Bengals. Packers and Bengals, man. Keep an eye on that. We're going to get to that here in a minute. I want to start the show off. As you know, it says National Football Show with Big Sills, right? But I also want you to know that this is the Big Sills show. So I'm going to start it off. Last night I watched the Rays play against the Red Sox, and I think this spans the globe of all sports on how organizations should be run, okay? On how they should be run. That Rays team has a $71 million payroll, and they're playing 615 baseball since 2019. That team plays 615 baseball. It's the best-run organization in all of professional sports. There is not an organization in sports today that can say that they maximize every single dollar. Look at the managers that they replaced. They got another Joe Madden. Kevin Cash is another Joe Madden. It's about developing people inside the organization, isn't it? Their farm system in Durham is exceptional, exceptional. Not only are they developing talent on the diamond, but they're developing time. In, they're, they're developing, like, people in the dugout. Remember, they had Dave Roberts for, like, 10 years as a bench coach. Like in San Diego, you couldn't identify that that could have been your respected manager. Think of that for a minute. He was Bud Black's assistant manager in San Diego. And get this. The Padres just let that guy walk out, out the room. 
A.J. Hinch was also in that building. You let that guy walk out the room. Theo Epstein was in the Padre organization, and they let that guy walk out the room. You can't identify people in your own organization. It's an organizational issue, and that's why they're on another manager. That's why when you look at the Rays, and this is, goes into a little bit what I'm going to talk about with the Eagles. Management is what's really stopping this thing from developing. Paul says, I want to hear Romanowski comment on why Jonathan Gannon has our blitz lined up 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. We'll do that, Paul. We'll ask him that question for you. Jason, Jordan Malata's back. I know, yeah, that's a good thing for them, man, because I'll tell you what, Carolina's got a pretty good-looking defense. Okay, good job there. Hey, Joey, whether it's good in, in uh, Colorado, well, that's right up Bill Romanowski's uh, – uh, column in his zip code because, of course, as you know, we won a couple Super Bowls there. But back again, I'm telling you, organizations win, man. Organizationally, you got the Rays. The Rays are now the team that you look at. How do the Yankees spend $200 million? Okay, they spent $200 million on payroll. So do the Red Sox. Rays spent $71 million. Every professional organization needs to look at that. Look at the dead money the Eagles have. Look at the dead money the Cowboys have. Those teams are always an issue over the last couple of years here. Okay? How many times? Look at, the, look at the Washington team. Washington is always having salary cap issues, and they suck. That means your front office and your coaching staff is not very good. I'm not saying that about Ron Rivera. He did win the NFC East last year. So I'm not saying that about Ron, but I'm saying, dude, that thing's been a train wreck under Daniel Snyder's ownership. So, I mean, it, last night I'm watching the race. Just, I saw a guy steal home and hit a home run in the game, and I don't even know who the hell he is. First guy since Jackie Robinson to steal home in the late 50s. Who are these guys? It's incredible. All right. Carolina versus the Eagles. Let's get into this game. Give me a prediction on what you guys see with this football game, Carolina versus the Eagles. How do you see this thing playing out? Um, there is no question. McCaffrey, his name being floated out. Why do you think Carolina has floated out? He's going to be questionable for Sunday. Jason says Eagles win by three. Why do you think the Carolina Panthers floated that out, even if he's healthy or not? Why do you think they floated it out? What would be the advantage? Well, that would make Gannon have to prepare for a guy who is a dual asset that Carolina relies on a lot. But coming off of an injury, I don't know how much playing time, and I don't know how much he's going to be part of the offensive attack. They are going to probably try to get him in space. You're not going to try to run Christian McCaffrey right up the gut when you've got people like Fletcher Cox in the middle in there. You're going to do everything in your power to get him in space so he takes less contact. Paul says Jeffrey Lurie wants Big Red's high-flying offense with the RPO quarterback. Hey, Paul, you know what's funny about the great coaches that really like to air it out? The majority of them are truly centered around being a football team that likes to run the ball. You can't run RPOs if you can't have a running attack. DJ says Gannon is going to 
is going to overcorrect and hopefully blitz more. We'll see. Ramir, I'll go down to how the defense plays and penalty issues. Great comment there by you. Appreciate you coming aboard, um, Nunez. I thought CMC was doubtful. I thought he said he was going to try to give it a go. But Ramir brings up this. He goes, hey, he's right. All goes down to how the defense plays and penalty issues. Why do you think there's a boatload of penalty issues? Because you're putting guys in the offensive line because your offensive line has been helter-skelter so far this year. And how I see it playing out, why would Carolina – Andy – here, Andy Reid – I don't even know who his running back is. He ran for 200 yards last week against the Eagles. No idea. Ran for 200 yards through the ball more. You don't think Carolina's going to do that too to help out Sam Darnold? Carolina's going to try to establish the running attack. And with what I'm hearing, oh, and by the way, know this. Because Gannon said he can't play dime, oh, you're going to see maybe four wide receiver sets. Why wouldn't you do that when you just – do you think Gannett's smart enough to really set up the opposing um, offensive coordinator and Joe Brady? You think he's smart enough to do that? I don't. Swice Man says, how do you feel about Dillard's two starts? Great, C+. Plus. C plus. I think a lot of these guys that are being asked to play right now are still learning the offensive system and the defensive system. It is very evident. Joey B says 28-13 Panthers win. Here's what I think happens. I think they're going to have a tough time, once again, the Eagles, in running the football because of a couple things here. You ready? They don't run it. It's not in their arsenal. And he's coming out. Uh, Sirianni saying during press conferences, well, we got to run the ball more. Jesus, really? Is that an epiphany or what? So I think Carolina will run the ball. They'll be effective running the ball. And that'll create play-action passes. And I think they're pretty good at it. And I think they're going to handle the Eagles. I think the secondary is not very good for Philadelphia. The linebackers are going to attack. I think it's a 28-20 ball game. I think you're going to see... The Eagles get turned into a one-dimensional football team for the third straight week. Can't run the ball. Either it's by design you can't run the ball, or you don't have the personnel right now to run the ball. Malata coming back is big. That'll protect the flank of Jalen Hurts. Big having him back. He'll be big in the running game. Okay? Swice, I got to tell you, man, Free Miles, he's a top 10 talent at end position. Okay? Again, that's a guess. I mean, yeah, right. I know what you meant, running back. Yeah, but, dude, really? I don't see it. If he was a top – so you think if he goes somewhere else, he is Derrick Henry? I don't know. Mulata in with Brace. Man, Lane Johnson's still out. Would you move him to the right side? Absolutely not. I need to protect my quarterback. You know what I would also tell my quarterback to do with Malata back in the lineup? Hoss, don't get him hurt. You know how you get him hurt? Moving around crazily in the pocket like that. I got to tell you guys something about a quarterback that moves around the way that Hurts does and other guys. Same thing with Kyler Murray. 
Okay, Russell doesn't really move out of the pocket. I'll explain to you here. Watch me when I'm a drop-back quarterback and if I'm an offensive lineman, okay? Watch me here when I'm making this point to you. When I get down in my stance and I'm playing O-line and I shoot my hands out, I know my quarterback is sitting behind me seven steps back. I know where he is in the pocket. I know exactly. It's easier to pass probe for Brady. It's easier to pass probe for people like Peyton Manning. Why? You know where they are in the pocket. Russell Wilson is different. You know what he does? Russell moves around in the pocket. So the guys still have an understanding. It's kind of like a bell when he's in the pocket. So he stays within the parameters. So they kind of have designed it. Plus, he drops back nine steps instead of seven steps. Okay? But Jalen Hurts, watch this. When I'm blocking for Jalen, shoot my hands out. He's supposed to be behind me, and he's moving over there. The entire pocket moves. But the guys can't see it because they don't know where he is, and that only comes with reps, knowing where your quarterback is. Because remember, the guys are facing this way, and they're looking, and when they see the defensive guys going that way, they're just under the assumption it's so hard to block is my point. For guys that move around as much as they do in the pocket like Jalen does, it's almost impossible. When you've got guys that are moving in and out of the offensive line because of injuries, you're putting second and third team guys in there. You think they have the skill set to stop ones? There's a reason people are starters in the NFL, and there's a reason that people are backups in the NFL. You got backups playing against ones. Dude, in anything in life, ones versus twos, you better beat that guy every day where you lose your gig. So you're going to be playing with a couple of twos versus the Carolina Panthers ones. Man. Yale, thanks for coming aboard. Appreciate it. Thank you for stepping in with us, man. So you understand what I'm saying here? It's a bottom line scenario where when you're coming aboard and you're blocking for somebody like that, you've got to understand where they are in the pocket. And Jalen makes it almost impossible to sit there and to block for him. Guys like Brady and Peyton Manning, those guys are easy to block for because you know exactly where they are when you, when you hear them say, Hut, they're behind you seven steps. They're not going to deviate, but just a couple. If anything, they step up in the pocket. That's why inside pressure is always the worst. So they're going to turn the Eagles into a one-dimensional football team on Sunday. You can't beat teams in the NFL one-dimensional unless you're Aaron Rodgers, unless you're Patrick Mahomes. Krause Jr. and I were just talking about that. I mean, you know, he's got skill. He, the kid's got skill, but when you turn a guy into a one-dimensional football player and you don't afford him the ability to run the ball, you don't have enough assets around him to develop. And how many times have you seen Jalen Hurts in third and 10, third and 16? Guys, there's impossibility of developing anybody like that. Eddie, appreciate it, man. Geno Smith got screwed. That was Pass interference, not an interception. Smile. I thought Geno. That was a Geno Smith sighting last night. I was happy for the kid. I was, man. That was good to see. 
Joey B, Xander, where's Xander? College Station? Come on, man. Hey, 42-14? Joey, um, Dumbo Fisher will get his ass handed to him this weekend. Dumbo Fisher is that air. Here, let me give you let me give you an impression of Dumbo Fisher, the head coach of Texas A&M. Yeah, 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 yeah. We know Alabama coming into town there. We know Alabama coming into town. You know, you got to go here. You know, I got about 14 guys. I, got to, I don't know, man. These guys are really great. Dumbo Fisher. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm making $7 million a year. What'd you say? I can't understand a word you're saying, Dumbo. I mean it. Double Fisher wins seven, eight games every year, and he gets $7 million a year. I'm in the wrong profession, bro. You could be mediocre and make a ton of dough, man. Somebody will back, back up a Brinks truck and give it to you. Hey, yeah. Yeah, no, no. He's like Lucy and Peanuts. Hey, well, I, you know, I mean, I really like the uh, Florida State, but I had to leave them too. Cause, you know, they and he's got some, like, really redneck voice now. Well, you know, we all getting down here now in Gallup Station, and we getting it done. He got a Dumbo Fisher. God, I hate that guy. <laughs> I do, man. Cut a hey, bill. Cut Fletcher Fletcher Cox. Come on, man. And what? Your cap go completely upside down, right? And, dude, I don't believe – Bill, I don't think it's Cox. I think it's the kid Gannon. Okay? Nunez, how do I feel about Sage Steele? She's a hero of mine. You kidding me? Sage telling ESPN to go fuck themselves because they want her to have a vaccination. Amen to that. To bet she got yanked off the air, which she was because most of the people that work at ESPN are pinkos. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, I love Dumbo Fisher. Dumbo Fisher. Hey, at least we won't see a dumbass uh, mic drop like we saw. Like, uh, what's his name, dude? Here, look, here, here, watch. So, Lane, how do you feel about Bama? Popcorn and beer. Then you get rolled. Roll Tide. Okay? Okay, right? Oi! I love this guy. You know, I got suspended for doing that. Oi, vey once on the year. Don't, don't ask me why. I just... Because it, 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 it has to do with my looks, I'm assuming, and my wonderful demeanor. You know what's funny? Yesterday, Krause goes like this. Sills, you know, a little more punch in there. You know, when you're making a point, I'm like, I can't... I, I'm, I'm I'm a sarcastic type of dude. Just so you know, oi, dude, to get Gannon. I mean, you know, I I like to see him at Franklin Field one day when they're coaching like the high school state championship in Pennsylvania. <laughs> you know, I mean, the guy looks like he's like a school teacher. You know, in Philadelphia somewhere. That was total BS with Sage. Of course, ESPN looks stupid. And by the way, finally got rid of Bamani Jones. You know why? They ran out of jobs to give him. I mean, they just – and now he's like on HBO. Oh, yeah, like like Bill Simmons. That worked out well for him. But it'll work out for Bamani. He's a horrible talent. They gave him – they must have given him 10 jobs. They must have gave that guy – what's up there, Carlos? They must have given that guy 10 jobs. Ken says Cox has been non-existent. Hardgraves has earned his check. Absolutely. But, Ken, I would also have to, have to tell you that I, I think it's the coordinator. So, all of a sudden, Fletcher Cox sucks. Is that right? I'm not buying that. I'm not buying that. 
I'm buying it got him in the wrong position or in the wrong technique or asking him to do stuff that's not conducive to his skill set. Eddie, hey, more blitzes? Here's the thing, and it's interesting what, what he's saying here, Eddie. Eddie says more blitzes. Got a blitz. Here, here, Eddie. Know this. When you play press coverage versus zone coverage, it, it, it's, it's a type of death if you don't have the personnel in the backfield, okay, where I go with this. You play press and you don't have the corners that can play press and linebackers to cover the seam, it's a quick death. If you play zone, you're – see, let me tell you what Gannon's philosophy will be. His, his philosophy will be he doesn't believe Sam Darnold is a guy that can beat him. And so what he's going to do is he's going to play an umbrella defense. He's going to play zone. When you play zone, you can't blitz. So to me, he's going to count on him somewhere in a 10-play drive to make a mistake and throw a pick. He's playing the averages that he doesn't think that guy there is Patrick Mahomes like you guys saw last week. That's how he's going to play this game. Because he's already said he can't play dime coverage. Shit, dude, you can't play dime. You can't blitz. What do you think dime coverage is? You can't, if you can't play dime, wait a minute. So you don't think Carolina's going to come out and run a four wide receiver set on them? and have McCaffrey in the backfield and watch him go up the middle of the field because you can't stop the run. You just got gave up 200 yards. I would line up four wide and have McCaffrey in the backfield. And I'd sit there and go like this. Okay, what are they going to try to take away? McCaffrey, bink, over the top. Just like they did in the fourth quarter with Hill against the Eagle D. The Eagles are so predictable. I mean, honestly, they're, they're, they're as predictable as the sun coming up. I sit there, and when I watch the game, I go, they're one-dimensional already. They're going to throw to the backs, and he's going to take off after first read. If I see that sitting on my fat ass on my couch on Sundays, you don't think they see that in the box? They're going like this, this guy, man, he's just a one-read dude. Brian Baldinger brought that up. Hold on. Hold on, Nunez. I didn't say it was over. By the way, you got to hope this thing gets better. Oh, if you're talking about one loss record, absolutely. But you got to start figuring out, is that your dude or was that guy in Seattle or maybe Green Bay? If I'm Howie Roseman, I'm targeting three quarterbacks in the offseason right now, unless Jalen proves to me he's the dude. Deshaun Watson, Aaron Rodgers, and... Russell Wilson, I don't think Wilson's going to be in Seattle after 2021. I do not. I do not believe that. Why would he stay? Because he's loyal? Loyal to what? Losing? Let me throw this at you here. I am a big fan of going this way. Hey, look, man, if a company doesn't believe, why do you think, guys, I'll give you an example. Why do you think Charles Barkley stays on TNT and doesn't go to ESPN or doesn't go to another network? Why do you think he why, – why, why do you think Charles Barkley doesn't leave TNT? You know why he doesn't leave TNT? They got his back. They built that, that pregame NBA show up. It's as good as any show there is in sports. It's funny. It's engaging. Him and Shaq. 
at both ends of the desk is great. Kenny Smith in the middle. Ernie is the traffic cop. It's better than the Fox pregame show on Sundays. It's spectacular. It's funny. They hit on everything politically. Joey P wants to, how you doing? How you doing? Nunez says, Russell Wilson will be in Washington or New York because of his wife is the only reason I would throw New York with the dynamic. Washington? Then again, Russell Wilson does look like a guy that fits in Washington. He's kind of an activist kind of guy, isn't he? He's kind of an activist guy. Yeah. Okay. Maybe a little bit here. By the way, there's a great fight this weekend, too. Fury Wilder. Russell Wilson a little more on that. Also, pretty damn good football game coming up in the NFL on Sunday. Bills and Chiefs. lot to hit on. We got Bill Romanowski at the top of the hour. Four-time Super Bowl champion. And we got NFL Hall of Famer Warren Moon yet to join us still. So you keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back on a football Friday to the National Football Show. Here with Dan Celio. 
Me and Krause were talking about this before the show. Baker Mayfield. So Baker Mayfield thinks that he has to tell everybody his feelings and let everybody, like, let, you know, them know that, you know, I have detractors. Go to his Instagram post. It's so high schoolish. So this ass clown goes like this. I know I have detractors out there, and I'm one of them. And he he's aiming that at me because he went back and forth with me on my Twitter page at Dan Celio Show. And um, I know I have detractors, but we have a great group here. And nothing was handed to me. <laughs> it, it, it sounds like something out of Shakespeare. What? I have detractors. It's like a sonnet. And, you know, maybe a soliloquy. And nothing's been handed to me. You see, life is what you make of it. Everything in life has to be earned. This is a quarterback in the NFL talking. Not a very good one, but this is an NFL quarterback. No, he's a step up from Nathan Peterman. And so, here, and I just want all of you to know that I have detractors, but I will overcome. Signed, Baker, varsity team, Mayfield, of the Cleveland Browns Club. Oh, man. It's not how I want my quarterback talking in public. Who cares if you got detractors? You sound like Derek Carr, too. Don't ever let anybody know what can wind you up because they'll do what it will to you. Don't ever let them do that. When you tell somebody what gets under your skin, they'll use that against you for the end of time. And they will grab that deficiency in your life and they will squeeze that thing and they will make you not a very happy guy. That's why the great ones don't tell you how they feel. That's why the great ones don't give the media any ammunition to put in them pistols because they'll fire them at you. Cilio, how would that conversation go down in the 80s playing days? Here, I'll tell you exactly how it go down. If I heard Baker Mayfield talking like that, he'd come into a uh, locker room. Do you know how many guys would be doing this? I, I, I you know, as speeches, dude, I mean, I, 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 I had a tear for you. I was like, you know, do you want me to get you a psychiatrist or something? Is there anything you need? Maybe a pillow? A pen? Is there something you need? Dude, we all have insecurities in life, especially when you play pro sports. Really? Get over it. This is the NFL, guy. You're at the highest level. That's fear. Here, when I hear Baker Mayfield talk, I, I hear fear. Fear of failure. Fear of failure. Dude, you're going to fail more times. I tell my daughter this all the time. You're going to fail more times in your life. And you're just trying to come out of the game one tick above the other, dude. I, I was telling her she played really great in her last game against Arizona State. You ready? She goes, Dad, that player really got me there. And I go, well, they're good too. 
She's like, well, how did you do that? I go, well, when I played against Oklahoma or Notre Dame or any of these other places, those guys are good too. They're going to get, they're going to get me <laughs> when you're in the NFL. They're good too. What do you think you're going to dominate every play? Hey, there's only a certain handful of them guys, LT, Reggie White, Brady. No, you, we're not those guys. I'm all right with being Scottie Pippen. Okay? No, no, no. Hey, Joey, I'd be more like this. Come over here, Baker. Can you? Um... Yeah, I do, Eddie. My daughter. My daughter's a button. Other thing, I don't care. Radio career, things have happened to me in the past. I could give a shit, okay? This is what I would do, Joey B. Baker, why don't you come over here and sit on my lap? Here, son. It's okay. Things will be all right. Do you need a kiss on the cheek? <laughs> if you need a kiss on the cheek, I really need you this week, you know? Big game this week. You're playing the Chargers, who I think are going to just wax the floor with them. No, no, I I'll, I'll take that back. Browns are good. They may run the ball. But I'll say this right here. If you're the Browns and you're like Kevin Stefanski, the head coach, you're going to get an up-close-and-personal view of Justin Herbert. And then you're going to look at your, your dude, who needs a Tokyo book to look you in the eye anyway, and you're going to have to look at him and go like this. Really? And the, Really? It's like looking at, like, Giselle and some fat toad. Well, yeah. There's Giselle, Justin Herbert, and then there's Baker Mayfield. How come Baker's so short? I thought quarterbacks – I thought there was a six-foot limit to be a quarterback in the NFL. You know how you get on them rides? And the only way you can get on a Ferris wheel or the only way that you could get, like, um, like on a roller coaster, you have to be, like, this height, okay? I thought there was a height limit to be a quarterback in the NFL, right? I thought you had to be, like, so the Baker stands upon his toes like this. Yeah, you guess. I guess you pass. <laughs> like this. I, I, I guess you pass. I guess. I don't know. He is such a wormy dude, though. Oof. Like he's the guy you go in, in, in those commercials he does too, the health insurance commercials. <laughs> Robert, appreciate you coming aboard. Miss everybody, man. Remember, I'm Baker Mayfield. Hey, if I could, I'll do a show like Baker would. Guys, you really say those things about me? He does need a Tokyo phone book. Hey, um, oh, oh. <laughs> you know the guy that does that. Oh. Oh, God. It's like a creep factor, isn't it? When a guy does that, uh, he's just he, hes just not a leader. So if you're Brandon Staley and you, you're going to see, well, my guy's Justin Herbert. <laughs> Kevin Stefanski goes, here's my guy. My guy is Baker Mayfield. Oh, it is, Joe. It's more about being this. He loves being a pro football quarterback. And, but why would you fire back at a nobody like me? I, right? I'm a starting quarterback in the Cleveland Browns. Not even Krause Jr. could get under my skin. Right? 
Not not not, e- not even because Krause gets under my ass with that stupid Bama stuff. Yeah, baby. How you doing? Who they got this week? What 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 roadkill do they have this week? Let me guess. Bama's probably playing, let me think. Citadel? Who are they playing this week? Oh, I know. What was it? I think it's Alabama A&M or somebody. They got to be playing some stiff because they've had a couple games in a row and they just dismantled um, uh, O'Lane. I'm sure they got some stiff on the other side. Georgia's playing Arkansas. It's going to be interesting to see what Georgia does to Arkansas because Arkansas got bammed. Oh, that's right. Bama's got ATF. Hey, excuse me. It's over. Don't worry. Because Dumbo Fisher, man, he'll lay, he'll give him a layup. Well, 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 Bama, you know, they got a lot of talent over there on that side of the football. And, you know, well, we're just trying to get in the game there. And, you know, well, 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 well. what'd you say, man? You're such a dork, Dumbo. Carlos says, wow, they're really ripping on Urban on ESPN. That's, that's his business. Then everybody's in. Uh, yeah, listen, I say, no, no, no. You ready? This is this is where I am with Urban Meyer now in the Jacksonville job and what he's doing. I don't care. His daughter forgave him. His family forgave him. What's the story now? Right? The guy's been one of the winningest coaches in, like, college football history, and it's a way for people to pile on. I'm not going to pile on. So we got to grind. <laughs> you know what my wife said? Be the best two seconds you ever had. Be the best two seconds she ever had. That was you. I go, would you be Matt Honey? She goes, I would welcome it. <laughs> I looked at her and I was like, really? She's like, yeah, I'd welcome it. Made me know that, hey, you know? <laughs> I'm like, man, wow. My wife's root, root, especially when she's sick. How you feeling, honey? Don't ask me that question. Hey, how you doing? All right. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, and by the way, the big one that really stuck out for me with Baker Mayfield this week, he's got a torn um, – I could have swore it was something. What was it? <laughs> um, labrum. Did you see what Odell Beckham Jr. said today? Beckham goes, I've been playing with a torn labrum my entire NFL career. And basically saying, so what, Baker? So what? Who cares? Everybody's not 100% when they play any extended period of time in that league. <laughs> right? Boy. So let's see here. Damon says his story this week is going to be another. You think they lose to the Chargers? I think the Chargers are pretty good, man. I think the Chargers are a pretty good football team. I really do. I'll tell you another sneaky game. Green Bay, Cincinnati. Is it me, guys? But is Joe Burrow getting better every week? Every week I watch this guy, he's getting better. I mean, he finds his – I think the Packers are going to be in for a little tough tussle here. I think they probably win. But Green Bay's – that's not your same old Cincinnati football team. Okay? I don't think that that's going to be as easy as you think. I think that game's going to come down 23-20, something like that, because you know what? Cincinnati can play some defense, and they've got Joe Mixon who can run a rock. 
Joey B goes, Sills, what's up with the oil spill off Dana Point? <laughs> Gavin Newsom did it. Okay, hey, it had to be something Gavin Newsom did. Oil spill. It's probably from a reserve he had on his winery or something. Or maybe Pelosi. I don't know. <laughs> they, hey, they probably, that was probably, uh, you know how people in California, they have like Cabernet and Merlot's like um, stock, you know. Uh, th they have their oil sources like on their wineries. Yeah. Hey, don't do as I do. Do as I say. What do you think? I live in a, I have three $10 million homes. I'm Nancy Pelosi. I make $150,000 a year, but I got three $10 million homes. I don't know how that happened, Oprah. Anyway, Dion, he is getting better, man. That kid's a gamer. I like his story a lot, too. You know, he got blown out at Ohio State. He goes out to LSU, wins a national championship. A little bit of Cam Newton kind of story, right? The Burrow kid needs to pull a Watson and get out of Cincy. Maybe down the line when his contract is up. Roger's going to be a stealer next year. I, I keep hearing people say that, man. And this whole week was filled with that. Newsom and Pelosi. <laughs> uh, yeah, hey, Joey, I love him, man. I think he really I think he really has an opportunity to be somebody special. We, hey, maybe Philadelphia, there's your quarterback. It's in Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. Maybe the Patriots are on to Cincinnati. Oh, no, but take out Mac Jones, right? Yeah, okay. So Bill wouldn't go after him. Oh, all right. Yeah, sure. I love how people always do that. We really love our guys. Here, I'm going to lie to you like an NFL, 90% of the NFL GMs. Like, I'll play Howie. I love Jalen. Jalen Hurts showing leadership. One of the reasons we took him in the second round. I love how the players love him. I love how he's open to listening. Well, then why are you calling every team looking for a quarterback? Why were you in the sweepstakes for Deshaun Watson? Why were you maybe moving up in the draft to try to get yourself a quarterback? Why were you potentially, according to WIP guys, looking at Lincoln Riley? I don't believe that. I never believed that. You think the Eagles were going to pay $6 million? No, excuse me. Take that back. You think the Eagles would ever pay $10 million to a coach? Do you? That's the price tag for Lincoln Riley. You think Howie Roseman and the owner of the Eagles are going to pay $10 million for Lincoln Riley? Lincoln Riley makes $10 million a year. Why would he leave for Philly? Why? Oh, it's the challenge of the NFL. I'm not taking a pay cut to go be a coach on a football team. I've got to listen to assholes all day. When I'm my own king and I got my own moat and I fly around like a rock star, why would I listen to Howie Roseman and the owner of the Eagles for like maybe four times less the money? Why would I do that? They're not going to pay him 10 million bucks. I know all the people in Philly were like, they're looking at, you know, they're, they can make their, you know, pick and lick and run. You really, you think you're going to get a guy away from a tax free state of uh, Oklahoma and pay a guy 10? Don't, whenever you hear that from those idiots in that market that say that, Always ask yourself, will the owner be willing to pay that? Okay, Willie. You think the owner of the Eagles is going to pay fifty million, or uh, yeah, fifty million bucks over ten year, over five years? 
That's insanity to think that. Insanity. No way would that guy, no way would that organization even float that out there. But see, that, that's made up. So that's fake news. That was totally fake news. Nobody in Oklahoma was scared at all. Do you know this, too? Get this. Do you know what Lincoln Riley has built into his contract? The same thing Bob Stoops had. He's got a longevity $6 million bonus in there. So if Lincoln Riley stays 10 years, he gets $6 million as a check added on to his annual paycheck. 10 years, all you have to do. Stoops got one. Oh, that's what I'm going to do. Like, he's floating around 10 years, and he's going to go, well, let me go to the Eagles. I was laughing at everybody in Philly. Everybody. Hey, Dal, I want to I hit on the Cowboys, okay? I'm going to tell you, this game against the Giants this weekend, a little bit more on Carolina and Philadelphia. We'll do it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. <laughs> At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. National Football Show, Dan Silvio. Hope you catch up top of the hour with Bill Romanowski. Also, Warren Moon yet to join us here on the program. That'll be an hour number two. Fury versus Wilder, three. 
Long gone are the days of Tyson Holyfield and Lennox Lewis and those kind of fights, right? Heavyweight division is in such shitty shape, and it's been that way for 25 years. And even during the Tyson time, you know, I mean, I was so fortunate when I was a kid. I grew up in the time of, you know, Ali in the 70s and and in the early 80s. And you had George Foreman, and we've had Foreman on the program here, by the way. We love Big George. My favorite knockout guy of all time since Tyson, probably Carlos, right? Dude, those Tyson fights, I lived in Vegas when Tyson was fighting. You couldn't get a room. You couldn't go to a bar. Tyson filled every single bar. Do you guys remember back in the day when those Tyson fights, they were like events. You want to hear something crazy? I bet you anything. Bet you anything that this fight this weekend, and I'm going to watch it, but I bet you this fight this weekend will have a tough time outdrawing what Tyson did with uh, Roy Jones Jr. I think that thing got a million and a half buys. Tyson made like, he made like $80 million off that thing. You know, I mean, they gave him like, what was it, $10 million to do it? And he did it. And like, he, he like donated the salary because he made $80 million. Mike Tyson, who's 50 some years old, could outdraw these guys. And that thing was an exhibition. I actually enjoyed it. I, I loved watching what they did. I hope they do it again. Or I'll take that back. I hope he does it again. So th- this fight this weekend, I don't know, Fury. Then how about this, too? Wilder's talking about – Wilder goes like this. Yeah, the suit I wore, you know, it weighed 40 pounds, and I had it on for about an hour. What a dumbass. So you're running around with a 40-pound dumbbell in your hand prior to fighting a heavyweight championship fight. You deserve to get your ass knocked out. Right? Well, here, let me carry this 40 pounds around, run around, sweat my baguettes off, and go get ready to fight a puncher like Fury. Oh, that's probably smart. I was like, dumb. Right? Remember Tyson running into them rings, man? Just had a towel on his thing. He'd walk in there and beat the living piss. But I will say this. One thing about heavyweights, they get knocked out once. They're very rarely able to come back. Ali, what he did and able to come back and be the champion that he was was remarkable because most of those heavyweights, once they get knocked out, they're never the same. You know, that that aura about them leaves. I mean, George, he got it back, but remember, he had to take a 10-year respite off of the sport. Ken says, I got fury. So you got bag of donuts this weekend, huh? Tyson versus Jake Paul. Oh, my God, I would love to see that guy murder that guy in the ring. That'd be worth the price of admission. I'd love that. That guy gets into the ring with Tyson. He'll he'll be screaming for his mother or Baker Mayfield or whatever. (laughs) Baker. Oh, no. Baker. He's such a tool. Here, here. Here, who, who, Who are the big two? We should do that. Tool bags of the week. Okay, Ben Simmons will always be in the tool bag, I think, until he's out of Philly. Baker's in the tool bag. Urban's clearly. Those are your three dudes. Your three tool bags of the week. They belong in the tool bag. The Big Seals tool bag. Krause Jr., we need to do this. 
the Big Seals Tool Bag of the Week. Ready? Urban Meyer. You know, my, you want to hear what my wife said? What did he do wrong? You know, what did he do wrong? I'm going like, oh, wait a minute. If a guy's grinding on you, the, guy, no, the guy's not going to grind on me because I'm going to punch him in his eye. And I'm like, okay. Because we have, he goes, she goes, well, I know what you would do. You would plead the fifth and make like you're dumb like Urban, right? Yeah. How would you? She goes, how would you have handled the Urban Meyer thing? I would have played dumb. I, I didn't know. I didn't even know it was a guy. I, I thought it was a guy. <laughs> That's what you should. Oh, my God. Urban Meyer should have just went like this. Honey, I thought it was a guy. <laughs> ah, let me get out of here. Let me let me end that, all right? Let's get on to KC and, and Buffalo, man. I think that game, that game, they, that game is going to be what the future of the NFL might look like. Carlos says, that's another good line, though, Carlos. Hey, honey, she set me up. She set me up. I was a setup. I went to the giant back, and she was wiggling away. I, what did you do? I mean, I, I, I thought she was an epilep or something. I didn't know what the hell was going on. I thought she had a convulsions or something. Maybe it was like a drug issue, and I was just there holding her up. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. You know, I mean, I was just being a concerned citizen. That's another one. I would have went, yeah, I was just being a concerned citizen, and I was holding her up. <laughs> I was just like, you know, just holding her up, you know. Didn't want her to fall down. It's our bar, you know. What if she falls, honey? I mean, she's twerking away. I thought, you know, that might blow a hip out or something. (laughs) Hey, Eddie, the National Football Show Tool of the Week. I vote for Urban. You got Urban? All right. Let me see. My tool bag of the week, I think it's, you think it's Gannon? I can't play time. I can't play dime. We don't have the players here to play dime. I mean, what do you want me to do? I can't use my defensive uh, scheme playbook in Philadelphia because we don't have the players. How do you think those players felt when they were in the locker room and they heard that? You know what? I'd go to the, I'd go to the podium and go like this the next game. If we get beat deep, I'd go, hey, you know um, – there's some things we have to – hey, by the way, that's what I think Fletcher Cox actually did too. Those guys are barking at the podium talking about players are, you know, picking up the scheme and they're it's coming along. I think Fletcher got everybody's back in the locker room. I went back and watched that. You know what I said? I was like this. Yeah, we're working through some things. That's Fletcher Cox standing up for his guys. It's code. And then, you see, everyone's out there going, oh, Fletcher sucks. He's no good. Eh, guys. Fletcher's got his guys and his boys back in the locker room right now. It's a subtle way of going, or easy. We're in this together, coaches and players. You know, this is not front office and coaches versus players. Doesn't it seem that way in Philly every year now? Players versus everybody else. Oh, that's right, Carl. Carl says, women may say one thing, but they never forget. Oh, my God. My wife's got total recall like she's an elephant. Never forgets anything. Oh, remember that time 
seven years ago when you took a shit on me for doing something? Remember that? Huh? Do you remember? Uh, no. Well, yeah. Well, let me just tell you what happened. Oh, God. Dear God, please, no. Dude, let me just say this to you, okay? You want to bitch at me right now about something? How about seven years ago when I was sitting here going like this and you knew exactly what I was talking about? Don't tell me about shit like that. You know exactly what I'm talking about. And they're like, oh, God, please, why do I do this? I know better, Lord. Holy cow. Fletcher's been a top four defense attack the past seven years. Yeah, and all of a sudden, Deion sucks, right? Come on, man. The scheme he's in right now doesn't fit his skill set. Fletcher Cox, Fletcher may not be the player he was four years ago, five years ago, okay? But he didn't fall off a cliff, dude. The defense is putting him in bad positions here. JP, neither Fury or Wilder look good fighting. They do, man. They look like just big street brawlers, don't they? Remember that that uh, TV show, America's Toughest Dude? Remember that show? Back in the day, you get these bar guys fighting. Yeah. Here's Bob. Works on a roofing company. He works on a roofing company in Philly. Here's Billy Bob Joe. Billy Bob Joe, man. He's got a roofing company and a ladder company and a cement company in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. All right, guys, it's two rounds. Let's go get it. 15 bucks is on the line. Hey, let's take a timeout. Don't forget, Bill Romanowski to join us and also Warren Moon. You keep it here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. 
Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Football show with the point game silly. We're going to try to run down our friend Bill Romanowski and our friend at the bottom of the hour, Warren Moon, Pro Football Hall of Famer. We will talk with him. And I started the show out by saying this to you guys in Philly. Maybe your quarterback's in Philadelphia right now. He may be in Jalen Hurts, or maybe he's in Seattle. Would Russell move to Philadelphia? See, That's not the question. And when people say that, it's not the question. Would you move to the NFC East? Of course you would. Your games traditionally are going to be primetime games anyway because of the market you're in. You're playing the Giants twice. You're playing Washington twice. You're playing the Cowboys twice. You're going to get the people who play in the East, in the NFC. We have this conversation all the time in college football. Why do you think nobody knows anything about the Pac-12? Because when they put those dumbass 1030 Pacific time, or excuse me, those 1030 Eastern time games on, everybody's in bed or they're winding down their college football year, or I should say weekend. They're winding down their weekend. Not going to sit up till 12, 30, 1 o'clock watching a college football game when they've been watching it like, you know, since like 11 o'clock in the morning on Saturday. They're not going to sit around. Plus, you're watching game day. Not going to sit up till midnight, man. Nobody does that. I think Christian McCaffrey potentially could have got hosed when it came to the Heisman Trophy. Sure. But when you play in the NFC East, you have mass. That's why. I wouldn't put it past Aaron Rodgers to want I get Pittsburgh because it's a Tiffany and it's a it's a gold standard franchise in the NFL when you're talking Steelers. Look at what the media did though. You see how Aaron Rodgers played with the media all week? It just shows you how much they act like guppies. So Aaron Rodgers and Mike Tomlin had a moment on the field. And our media turned it into a love fest. Oh, did you see? She looked at me. (laughs) Tell me you didn't take it like that. Anybody in their right mind. Oh, these sports media people are like the people in high school. Did you see? She looked at me at lunch. She gave me a look. What do you think that means? I heard these guys doing that all week long. Did you see Aaron Rodgers and Mike Tomlin looking at one another? Oh, my God. What do you make of it? You think they're in love now? You think Aaron wants to go play there? You think the Steelers will go after him? I have a better shot at rubbing out numbers for the lottery. (laughs) Okay, then I do. Answering the Aaron Rodgers question. I mean, I heard that all week. I'm like, who talks like that? You know, the guys that I talk to here, you guys or on my national radio show, or on Twitter, or whomever. They don't even talk like that. So what do you make of it? Did you see Aaron Rodgers and the Pittsburgh Steelers? You think there could be something to it? 
He just said, nice job on calling a timeout before he ran a playoff. You know what I mean? Right? All right. Let's get to our friend, man. I love talking football with our friend Bill Romanowski, the owner of four Super Bowls. And I will tell you this, man. Bill's plugged in as much as anybody is there in that Bay Area with that 49er team. And I want to ask him right out of the gate. Bill, I appreciate you coming aboard. Bill, you think the 49ers look back on how the season started with regret that they didn't move Jimmy G? You know what? Um, I, I think Jimmy G gives them the best chance to win early. And in time, hey, Trey Lance is going to be amazing. I think he's going to be a great player in the league. But do you forfeit a season just because you want to groom a young quarterback? Or do you take in Garoppolo, make sure you have, give yourself the best chance to, hey, Clearly, they've got the toughest division in football right now. So, you know, Trey Lance in that division, I think, would be a struggle for them. And, you know, as it looks right now, I mean, they're going to have a heck of a time winning their division. When you when you think this, Bill, after what we saw last night, the Wilson injury, we don't know how long that's going to be out. That actually plays into, doesn't it, a little bit here for the 49ers in a way because if you've got a healthy Russell Wilson, like you said, you can't fall two games back in the NFC West. You're not going to have a shot at winning that division. That division is going to be the last place team could end up being your champion at the end of the day because it's so close in talent. But do you think the Seattle injury kind of you think it, you, you think it changes any of the dynamics in that division at all? You know what? I'm having trouble hearing you, but, uh, you know, with the first part of what I heard you say was about Russell Wilson and that injury. Hey, that changes the dynamics in that division immediately. I mean, I can honestly say uh, I, I think the Seahawks will give anybody a battle any day and they're going to be in the hunt for this. But last night, uh, you know, they weren't able to get it done. Um, and uh, with that injury, you know, all of a sudden you take Russell Wilson out of that picture and all of a sudden, you know, they're a six, they're a six and ten ball club, you know. And, you know, I, I'll, let's say six and eleven because we got 17 games now. So <laughs> it's uh, it's not going to be pretty for them without Russell Wilson. Bill, let me throw this at you. I want to take you to Philadelphia, okay? Um, and Jonathan Gannon, I was talking, you know, a couple days ago to Mark Schlereth on this, and he and I were going over the importance of constructing a good coaching staff, an experienced coaching staff. Nick Sirianni, this is his first time being a head football coach in the NFL, and he's got such a young guy on defense. Fletcher Cox came out this week and says, you know, we're still learning the scheme. We're learning that. To me, the problem in Philadelphia is that coaching staff 
is so young everywhere. Linebacker coach is 28. The head coach is young. The coordinators are all young. How important is it to construct a great coaching staff when you're trying to develop talent? You know, you got to have great coaches. That's a given. But I tell you what, everything in the NFL is about having great football players. Okay? Great football players make average coaches great. Great football players take bad coaches and make them decent. So, at the end of the day, hey, if you have to try to out-scheme people week in and week out with a bunch of rookie coaches, good effing luck. Because that's going to be a tough order. But, hey, when you can line up and play a basic defense and you know you can shut a team down to – you know, hey, call it 20, 24 points, and you know you got to score more than 24 points to win the football game, your offense in the NFL these days, if you can't score 24 or more points a game, then you've got problems. So to me, it's all about players. Bill, I got to tell you, too, so Jonathan Gannon, the uh, defense coordinator of the Eagles, came out and he was asked a question. And I kind of took offense to it because guys that are in that locker room, and as you know, you try to keep everything in-house. And if you have a problem with somebody or you have a problem with a unit, you're trying to keep that in the room. So Gannon comes out this week and he goes like this. We just can't play dime coverage because we don't have the personnel. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, maybe we just don't have the right scheme. Okay, and so Fletcher Cox came out and was asked, how come he's not been a factor? He goes, well, we're working things out. And you and I know that that's code for, yeah, we're working on the scheme that you have us in. And I thought Fletcher kind of got his guys back with that comment. It was subtle, Bill, without throwing anybody under the bus. But that, again, shows me the inexperience of the Eagle coaching staff. Am I wrong when I say that? No, I, I think you're right on there, you know. I don't think you ever want to come out and say, we don't have the personnel to do X. You know, you just don't do that because your job is, hey, regardless of what you think you might have or may not have on on a particular defense, you want to build them up and give them confidence every friggin' day. And you want them to run through a brick wall for you. And do you think they're going to do that now? After that? Comments like that? You know? Um, I don't get it. I would never coach that way. I would never say things like that. I would do the complete opposite. And I would just keep building building them up, building them up, telling them, you know, let's keep getting better. Let's go. You know, hey, you know, I'll say this. It's very similar to the way it was in San Francisco. I don't know if I ever got a compliment in six years until I left there 
and went to the Philadelphia Eagles. And all of a sudden, I had coaches that would actually give me a compliment. You know, for six years in San Francisco, I don't think I knew if I was any good or not. <laughs> I, I was just grinding so friggin' hard. And, hey, hey, there's balance to that. You know, it can't be all, you know, um, you know, all pats on the butt. Great job. Sometimes you got to have the pitchfork and you got to be able to jab guys once in a while to get the absolute most out of them. But each guy is different and you got to be able to, you know, know what you have. Don't don't let Bill kid you. He won two uh, rings in that place, and I'm sure when they handed him the rings, nice job, Bill. <laughs> hey, let me let me let me take you to um to Las Vegas. Are you shocked with the job that John Gruden is doing? I mean, you and I talked about the team at the beginning of the year, Bill, and we were like this: this is going to be um, an answer year for many questions that have been asked about John Gruden, man, they look pretty good so far. They even played pretty tough in their last ball game. You know what? Um, I thought they had a disastrous first half in the last ball game against the Chargers. But prior to that, if you were to tell me they were going to be 3-0, and I don't think I would have ever said that. And I have to say, look at, just looking at it, I was like, um, Derek Carr is playing probably the best football of his life until last game. And, you know, the one thing, I, and I would always say this, when Joe Montana had a bad game, we lost. When Steve Young had a bad game, we lost. When John Elway had a bad game, we lost. Well, Derek Carr, in my opinion, did not play very well last week. Especially, he came back in the second half and was better. But he did not play to the level he played in the prior three games. And, um, you know, call it he and, and John Gruden maybe weren't on the same page because the first three games, i tell you what, it was magical, and I loved what I saw out on that football field. I thought Gruden, you know, all of a sudden, we're like, my God, these guys could win this division. Um, pretty, you know, spectacular football out there. They would get down at times, and they would come back. They're playing consistent defense. Um, nothing crazy, um, but they're playing consistent. And, uh, you know, defense has really, really kept them in that game last week. And, uh, like I said, offense did not play very well at all in the first half. And you can't get down 21 nothing and think you – can come back in ball games and win. I'm going to tell you something, Bill, and you're going to have to let me finish when I say this. You couldn't play today in the NFL, and I'm going to tell you why. Because when Joey Boza says something to um, Derek Carr and it gets under his skin, Bill, you'd either be in the commissioner's office every day 
you'd be in the principal's office every day. You'd be like in, in, in the fine office, Troy Vincent's uh, paddy wagon every day. I don't know, Bill. I mean, I, you know, I, I was always told this. Don't ever let anybody know what winds you up because people will take advantage of that. And especially in our sport, Bill, if I know what winds you up, dude, I'm going to wind your ass up. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, a lot of time, you know, for me, I saved it and used it out on the field against my opponents when I could. Uh, whether it be with my mouth, whether it be with grabbing a guy's throat, you know, uh, whether it be, you know, whatever it takes, you know, I was going to do whatever I could to get into the mind, into their heads every week. Somehow, some way, I was going to look for an advantage. Um, but, uh, you know, I, hey, Joey Boza was just uh, was saying what he believed. And, uh, you know, for, for that for that to affect Derek Carr, um, you can't be sensitive in the NFL. If I was Bill. sensitive in the NFL. But, Bill, I got to tell you, I would love to see you matching up like this, Bill. And you're looking at Baker Mayfield. <laughs> I, I would get, I would pay, I would go pay-per-view to hear because I saw that thing on Instagram I know I have detractors, and I know there's doubters. I'm like, oh, my God, Romanowski, I have to get him on for this because I have doubters, and I know people doubt me. And <laughs> <laughs> Look at it. <laughs> Bill, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's today's guy. Maybe I'm old man get off my front lawn guy or something. I don't know, but I'm just telling you, I played in a different area. You guys were all over these dudes, man. <laughs> you know, this one. We're in Seattle. Waters was there. And, and uh, I started on Ricky during the game. Defensive line's not blocking for you, Ricky. What's wrong with them? They suck today. They're going to get you killed. And what did he start doing? He started bitching out the offensive line. Are you thinking? It was so classic, you know. It was like it was it was, it was like you know, it was like serving up a softball, you know. And what were they, he took every bit of it, and uh, you know, and, you know when it goes like that, you're just like, are you kidding me? I cannot believe this. Hey, 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 Bill, I, I had, I, I, hey, Bill, I had, I had, and heck, after that, they, hey, that's funny stuff, man. Hey, you know what? Um, so I had Bruce Matthews walk to the line of scrimmage. He's standing there. I think Mike Munchak's next to him. He looks over at me and he goes like this. Hey, Celio, I think I could eat a bowl of soup off your head. And I'm looking at, I go like this and everyone on my defense just starts laughing. And I go like this. What does that mean? <laughs> I, I can eat a bowl of soup off your head. I'm like, oh, my God. Hey, man. Hey, Bill. <laughs> we we just did it differently back then. Brother, I got to run, man. Thank you so much for doing it, brother.
All right, that's my friend Bill Romanowski there. We really appreciate him coming aboard. All right. Hey, how about him throwing some sand at Jonathan Gannon, right? He said, how could you expect those players in the Eagle locker room to be in that locker room and to, like, go out and play for him when he's, like, you know, throwing them under a bus like that? He said it. Hey, hey, man, I'm just saying, man. I don't know, back in the day. Imagine that. So Romanowski's looking over at Ricky Waters. Hey, Ricky, man, your, your old line in San Francisco, stop blocking. He starts bitching them out. You imagine Romanowski going against a guy like um, <laughs> a, a guy like Baker Mayfield. Anyway, all right, we're going to take a brief time out. We got Warren Moon yet to join us. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. <laughs> At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Welcome back. National Football Show, Dan Cilio. Football Friday, right? Sports Friday. College football, too, on Saturday. Red River rivalry. OU versus Texas. When's, when, when's like Texas been good? Oh, wait, I got another impression for you. Ready? Steve Sarkazian. Fight up! 
One of the greatest sound bites of all time. Steve Sarkeesian hammered at a USC event. So what do you make of your Trojans? Yeah, final! I'd rather have my coach hammered like that than act like Urban Meyer. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I'll have to debate that. I'd have to debate that. Thank you, Paul. I'd have to debate that. Yeah, Warren Moon to join us, too. Reminds me, we've got a great one coming up here. App State in UTech. Should be a good one. <laughs> Fodder! One of the greatest sound bites in college football history. Yeah, someone always goes, Sills, what, what do you think the greatest sound bite is? Wide right, wide left? Um, you know, the Texas uh, USC game at the Rose Bowl? No. Fodder! Sarkeesian hammered. Yeah, and you know what? Saban still hired his ass. It's great. Nick, man, he's got like a rehab center there at Alabama. And by the way, it all works. It's one thing if you're hiring losers and they suck. Bill O'Brien gets fired. Hey, you want to come be the OC of uh, the Bama Crimson Tide? Sure. Steve Sarkeesian. Hey, you get fired and disgraced. You want to be the uh, offensive coordinator of Alabama? Sure. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Lane Kiffin, you get blown out at Southern Cal. Yeah, you want to be the OC? Yeah, sure, okay. It all worked, too. They all got rings. Isn't that crazy? They all got rings. Well, Bill's going to get one. I mean, this year, right? I, I happen to think Bill O'Brien's a heck of a coach. Hey, Paul, I'm with you, man. Your Coastal Carolina team is better than my Miami Hurricane football program right now. Oh, dude. I say that with disgust, too. Always know that. Always know that. I say that with disgust. That, Car that Coastal Carolina team, though, man, they got a bunch of dudes on there. They went into the uh, transfer portal, and they just started pulling dudes out going, hey, kid, you suck. You're not on this team anymore. We're taking him. I, I love what they're doing. They just built it through the transfer portal. You know what they did? They took guys that were good enough to make other, squ other squads like Tennessee and Alabama. And they were just not good to start. That doesn't mean anything. Alvin Kamara couldn't start at Alabama. Goes to Tennessee, then he goes into the NFL. He's a better NFL player. That, that doesn't mean anything. Some guys don't get opportunities because you're 15 deep at a place like Bama or Clemson or Ohio State. And that's what Coastal Carolina did. They went in there, grabbed these guys, and these guys are good, dude. They're not Cincinnati good, but they're good, man. Dude, I, I, I'm telling you, I give them a lot of love, man. They... They've built that program into something really, really that's really something to keep an eyeball on. They're going to get a really good bowl bid, too. I like that program. I watch them when I can and when I vote. I make sure I put them in my top 16 power rankings every single week. You know, I vote on, like, a major poll that kind of determines, like, you know, how we look at, you know, who's going to go to the national championship game. And so Coastal Carolina is always in my conversation as long as they don't lose a game. Their schedule doesn't help them. They have to schedule more big-time opponents, but they, they, they're really building that thing into something really special, and I enjoy it. I really like it a lot. So, yeah, no, I think that's going to be a good game. Um, I don't believe that Alabama versus D uh, Dumbo Fisher is going to be a good game. Is it in College Station? I don't know if it's in College Station or not. Does it matter? Right? Alabama can go anywhere and win. Doesn't matter. 
see Saban bitching on the sidelines with guys too when there's a mistake made in games and he's winning by like 40. That's such a that's such a tyrant. But it's so good because you're constantly, constantly being evaluated. Do you know what the big thing? Do you know why Alabama wins every year? Can I tell you why? You're playing against yourself every Saturday. Because if you don't get the job done, Nick's got six guys behind you that will. That was the case at the University of Miami back in the day. When I played at Miami, do you know who? Guys, do you know who my backups were at Miami? Cortez Kennedy, Russell Maryland. Those were my backups. And I had three other guys that played in the league, like Jimmy Jones and a bunch of other guys. That's what's going on there. All right, it's always a privilege to talk to my friend Warren Moon. He is, without a doubt, one of the absolute greats of all time, and he's a dear friend of ours, and he works on the broadcast team with the Seattle Seahawks, and that game was pretty tight for a while. And I got to tell you, I saw a Geno Smith sighting, and because of all my friends down in South Florida, I got to throw some love. I thought he went in there. And he was ready. I thought he got jobbed on the call at the end of the game. I thought it was pass interference. But my friend Warren Moon, Pro Football Hall of Famer, CFL Hall of Famer, College Football Hall of Famer, he joins us now here on the National Football Show. Is it time to panic in Seattle a little bit now with this injury to Russell and what you've seen so far in the early part of the season, Warren, when you're looking at the team going forward? Hey, Dan, how you doing, first of all? And, uh, Never want to say panic, never want to use that word in in, in, uh, in professional football, but there's definitely a time to be concerned because this team is two and three now. Uh, after five games, uh, the Rams are four and one. So they're already you know down in the loss column, and they also are losing a tiebreaker right now to the Rams if they want to try and win the division. So they're gonna they've got an uphill battle that's gonna be ahead of them, and then you lose your best player on your football team, your your quarterback. We don't know how long we're going to lose him for. He's never missed a game in his career, but uh, he has a chance to maybe miss that first game this next week. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens with Russell and that whole finger situation. If if he um, actually tore tendons in that finger, he's probably going to have to have surgery to replace them um, or to, to repair it, and uh, that might put him out for a while. So Geno Smith might be asked to play a little bit more than he did the other night. So um, – yeah, it's time to really be concerned if you're a Seahawk fan and if you're a Seahawk, period. They've got some work to do. and They've got to go on a run here and try and get back in the race. You know, you know, Warren, I'm going to throw this at you, and you tell me if you think I'm completely wrong here. Just when I look at what's going on with Wilson in Seattle and in the front office and with Pete himself, it just reminds me so much of Brady's last year in New England where the team – I guess because they decided they had to pay him, and rightfully so, they get DK Metcalf in the draft, but there's really not been a really big hit rate when it comes to going into the draft and putting guys on that team. The defense is nowhere it once was. was it's not even was. close to where it once was. Am, am I right when I say if you're Russell Wilson, you're sitting here going like this? Are they going in the right direction, in your opinion, going forward? Going forward. You know, I think they are. They have some good players in their uh, in in their um, their football team, but they just some of them haven't really panned out the way they thought they would. You know, they they drafted Jordan Brooks, a uh, a, a linebacker, you know, a couple of years ago as a number one pick, and 
he um, they're expecting more out of him this year than he's shown. Um, you know, the defensive line, that's the place where they really have to be good if they're going to play the type of defense that they want to play. Back in the days when the when the Legion of Boom was good, it was because they had Cliff Averill up front. They had Chris Clemens and they had Michael Bennett and all those guys were putting pressure on the quarterback. You didn't see a lot of pressure on the quarterback the other night. And when you don't put pressure on the quarterback and you're playing three deep zone, if a quarterback can sit back there and have time, he'll pick your zone apart. But if you have pressure and you make him throw the football before he wants to, now you can rally to the football and, and, and uh, keep those those gains to, to minimal gains. And that's what happened back in those days. So um, they've got to get more out of their pass rush on defense and they got to get their quarterback healthy again. And then I think they have to become more of a balanced football team. They got to get Chris Carson back involved when he gets healthy. Uh, so they can become, become a little bit more pa- balanced uh, running the football. And that'll open up those big strikes down the field with the play action game. So they're just a little bit off their game right now as a team. And, and they've got to get back on it really quickly here. They're going to have 10 days now between the next time they have a chance to play. So they'll get a chance to rest some guys. They'll get a chance to kind of reevaluate where they are as a football team, self-scout themselves a little bit, and hopefully come back and, and be ready to go. Warren, I, Warren, I, I, know, I, I know that the, that the Seahawks, Seahawks want, to want to have Russell Wilson retire a, a, a Seahawk. Does Wilson want to retire a Seahawk? Seahawk. That remains to be seen. Um, I think Russell loves it in Seattle. I think he has a great relationship with the organization, uh, yeah, they did have some some uh, differences of opinion in the offseason, but I think a lot of those differences got, got worked out. They brought in a new offensive coordinator, Shane Long, uh, Langren, to, uh, to take over the offense from the Rams. Uh, they brought in Gabe Jackson, an all-pro guard from the, from the Raiders. Uh, so they did some things on the offensive line that Russell was looking for, and then they drafted a, you know, a very good wide receiver in the first round, who he's been hurt a little bit, so he hasn't been able to play as much, but they they, they um, expect high things out of him as well. So they've done some of the things that Russell wanted. Um, it's just hard to say because when a quarterback gets to a certain period in his career in, in one team for so long, there's a lot of different reasons why he might not be able to stay there anymore. Maybe he's unhappy. Maybe the organization is unhappy with him. Maybe his salary has become too high to where they can't bring in other players that they need to bring in. Maybe they have a young guy in the, in the balance who's ready to play. So there's a lot of different reasons why quarterbacks after maybe 10 years in an organization, it just doesn't work out anymore. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens after the season's over. I'll tell you something, I'll tell you too, something Warren. too, I have, Warren, not, I have seen not seen the, the NFC West N- as good as it's been uh, in a long time. And just give me your overall synopsis of what you see so far. I mean, Kyler Murray, in my opinion, is the MVP guy right now leading the way. I mean, look at what Matt Stafford has already done to this Rams team. There's more plus 25-yard plays that we've seen before in the past, more on a consistent basis. I mean, you got a bunch of good quarterbacks, young quarterbacks, and a lot of young coaches. Just give me your assessment on what you see and where maybe Seattle fits into the West. Yeah, I think what makes any division uh, very competitive and tough is the quarterback play. If you have great quarterback play, your chance is going to have your team is going to have a chance to win. So if you look at the, the the NFC West, you look at Russell Wilson, you look at Jimmy Garoppolo, you look at uh, Matt Stafford, you look at. Kyler Murray. I mean, those are four really, really good quarterbacks in one division. And that's why this division is so um, 
so balanced and so even. And these teams are going to beat each other up the rest of the year. The Seahawks are one and one in the division right now. They beat the 49ers the other day, but then they lose to the Rams. They're going to have to come back and go on a streak against teams in their division to get back in it. They're going to have to play well against those teams. They're going to have to probably sweep the Cardinals if, if they want to get back into the uh, division race because the Cardinals are off to a great start. So this is a great division, and that's one of the reasons why, because when you have great quarterback play, you're going to have a really good division. You And on the other side of it, you look at a, a division that doesn't have great quarterback play, the NFC East. you got Daniel Jones. you got Jalen Hurts, who's a guy that's coming along but just hasn't done it yet. You've got um, a Renicky in, uh, in Washington. These are guys that, that aren't you know household names. And then you've got Dak Prescott, who is the – you know, the, the leader of that division. And that's one of the reasons why the, the uh, Dallas Cowboys are favored to win that division. Who has the best quarterback in that division is going to have a, a big say in who's going to win that division. Real quick, couple Real- last questions for you here, Warren. Um, your, your thoughts on Jalen Hurts, on what you've seen so far of him. Here, here, here's Ben. I just had Romanowski on with me, and they've got a lot of young guys on that coaching staff. And as you know, if you don't have experienced guys in this league on how to game plan and put like units together and put group settings together, man, I'll tell you what, developing a young quarterback, then you're developing a young head coach, then you're developing a young play caller and a young defensive coordinator on the other side with Gannon. I'm just wondering, I mean, when you're constantly third and eight, third and 11, third and 12, that's got to be a tough putt when you're in a situation like that if you're jailing, right, to be in a, something yes. like that. Yeah, for a young quarterback, you don't want to put him in, in long yardage situations on third down as, as, as few as possible. But that means you have to be more successful running the football in early downs, too, and, and take a little bit of pressure off the young guy. The two games that I've watched Philadelphia play this year, they've been pass happy all over the place. The ball is in the air a ton. So they have a lot of confidence that Jalen can get it done. Now, Jalen has to become a little bit more consistent with his throws. He makes some great, great throws, and then he misses some that you wonder, how did he miss that little flat throw right there or or bounce a ball in the dirt? So those are the type of throws that he's going to have to start hitting. The ones that are gimmies, you can't miss those gimmies because there's going to be a a lot of other times you're going to have to make tough throws. And he's been able to make some of those. But make sure you make those gimmies, too, because that's what keeps the chains moving. That's what keeps you out of long yardage situations. So some of that responsibility is on Jalen, and I think some of it is on play calling, and they have to be able to run the football a little bit more to take a little bit more pressure off of him so he doesn't have to carry it with his arm and his legs the whole game. Finally here, we just, um, we just as I said, we had Romanowski on him. And I don't know, Warren, maybe you see this, but when I played against you, and I was, we were talking about trash talking and we were talking about Baker Mayfield going out, going, I know we have distractors and we have people don't believing in me and we have all this. I, I, we were talking, I remember Bruce, uh, I remember Bruce Matthews coming to me going, Hey, Cilio, I could eat a bowl of soup off your head. And I'm sitting there going like this going, and there's Warren laughing, but not saying anything quiet as a bee always did his talk with his thunder arm. And I just think it's a different era today, isn't it, Warren, that you guys like Elway and Marino, you guys never showed what wound you up. Is it is it just Dan, uh, old man, get off his front lawn kind of talk here where I just thought you guys were more poised than what I'm seeing today? Just help me out on that because there's a lot of trash talking when we played. Well, there was always been trash talking. I think that will always be, but you don't make it so obvious that an official can see it happen. You know, there's, there's piles – 
when you have a, a, a pile of guys, you, you can say whatever you want to say in there. You can grab a guy in certain places when you're in that pile as, as well that, that the officials don't see. But if you're going to turn around and, and, and obviously just taunt a guy right in his face and talk trash to his face and the officials standing right there, yeah, you're going to get a flag because they don't want – things to get out of hand. They don't want to see guys getting shown up. And then because they're shown up, it's going to be, it's going to cause some type of fight or some type of ruckus. I understand why they're trying to keep it all under control, but the guys just have to make sure that when they do get up and celebrate, just turn your back away from the player and celebrate to your teammates or celebrate to the fans. Just don't celebrate in front of the player and then you won't get penalized for it. But there is a lot more trash talking today than there ever has been that I've seen, at least outwardly trash talking. We trash talk during our day. We just knew how to do it very discreetly. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, absolutely. Bruce would go, like like I said, I could eat a bowl of soup off your head. Munchak goes like this, chicken or tomato. He goes, chicken, of course. <laughs> Very quiet, very quiet. If you know Bruce Matthews, it was going to be very quiet. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Warren, thank you so much for doing this, man. It's always awesome catching up with you, my friend. Thank you again. My pleasure, Danny. You take care. Talk to you down the road. You got it. The legendary Hall of Famer, Warren Moon. We'll take a timeout. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. On the field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.
Jonathan Gannon. <laughs> Dan Cilio, National Football Show. Jonathan Gannon here on the National Football Show. Well, Jonathan Gannon uh, taking questions now as the defensive coordinator of the um, Philadelphia Eagles. Coach, um, you guys had a lot of trouble stopping the run. Well, yes, um, we're trying to figure out the best scheme for our guys. <laughs> I don't even know why I'm doing that. See, like I said, if I was going to be a DC in Philly, my name would be Haystacks Calhoun Cilio. Yeah, yeah, it's Coach Haystacks Calhoun Cilio, um, DC of the Philadelphia Eagles. How come you guys had issues uh, stopping the run? This is what I would talk to how I talk to the Philly uh, medium. Why don't you ask people? I don't know. Ask the players. I probably coached really shitty too. Okay, what do you want? We all we had a horrible day. That's how I would answer. We had a horrible day, man. 200 yards. What ne- What else needs to be said? I coached horribly. They played horribly. Well, Coach, you think you should be throwing? I'm throwing everybody under the bus. We're in a rowboat together, kid. I might be talking to Josh Tolentino on that one when I say kid. Well, but Coach, how do you fix it? How do you fix it? Coach better play better. N- not this. Well, we just don't know the people to play dime. <laughs> You hear Bill Romanowski blast him? Not telling people that. You got to overcoach it. He's right. Overcoach. Hey, look, man, we got to coach better and put the players in better positions to win. See, here's the bullshit way of talking to all you folks out there. You ready? Ready? Guys, we, I, I got to coach better. The players, man, we have the players in the building. We have the players in the room. I'm very confident of what it, do- it also does what? It strokes Howie. So you're doing this. We got, we got the players. I got to coach better. And I've got to put these guys in a position, and we have to understand. So maybe we simplify it. I don't know yet. But you can't be doing this. Well, we can't play dime. Dude, shut up. You're killing your guys when you do that, and you're game planning already for Carolina. They can't play dime. Go for a wide. McCaffrey in the backfield. Let's see what they do. We'll run the ball, run the ball. There'll be more of an emphasis on stopping the run. And then your linebackers and DBs are going to get eight up on this game against Darnold. And get this. You know what Gannon's game plan is going to be against the Carolina Panthers? He's going to pray Sam Darnold F's up. Okay? Hey, see? See, I'm going to show you something. Watch this. I'm going to show you how people should answer questions. See, Carl's trying to get under my skin. Miami hasn't had a Hasn't had a good Hurricanes team in years. Watch this. Yeah, Carl, they're working on it. And I know it hasn't happened in the last 17 years. But they got to do better in the um, athletic department. They just, you know, uh, the coaches have to do better. And the players we have, we're very happy with. And we just have to do a better job. We're averaging eight wins since I took over as athletic director. I'm talking about Blake James. And what we have to do now is we have to go out and we have to coach better and we have to find uh, players that can really help us become an 11-win type college football team. There, is that enough BS for you? Scott Frost, yeah, that's panning out in Nebraska, isn't it? Dude left UCF and all of a sudden he goes to Nebraska and he's getting his head kicked in. (laughs) I can't remember when Nebraska was good last. 
Then again, I can't remember when Miami was great last. 2004? I don't know. If the Eagles lose Sunday to the Panthers, and then Thursday versus the Bucks, oh, you know, okay, that would be a short turnaround. You're going to play the Bucks. Playoff hopes, Paul, I love you, for 2021 are over. And then it's time to start shedding the veterans off the roster. Ooh. What veteran would you cut first? What veteran would you cut first? I don't want that guy in my football program. Absolutely not. I want Scott Frost. I would take Ken Dorsey, the quarterback coach, off of the Buffalo Bills before I would take anybody else. He's doing a magical job with Josh Allen up there. No way. Eddie says Carolina likes playing five wide. And Jonathan can't go dime. May Hey, you know what you're hoping for, Eddie? You're praying that Gannon said that so that he prays he stays in five wide It doesn't go more running attack against the Eagles where they're struggling right now, stopping the run. Carl, it's good. Agreed. Under promise, over deliver. Aren't you always suspect of that? Well, I can do this, and I can do that, and I can do that, and I can do this, and I can do this, and I can do Tell me what your success is. What have you done? How have you won? What is it, right? Have you won? You got great numbers before? Have you won championships? Dion says, Ray Lewis said, teams now don't have the defensive unit as they did back then. They don't. Most of the salary cap money's now on the offensive side of the football. That's why the Eagles are going to dump Fletcher in the offseason. They're not going to have the highest-paid guy be a defensive tackle on your team. Now that Wentz is off the team, that contract with Fletcher Cox looks terrible. Hey, just like the Jalen Smith contract looked terrible with the Cowboys, Jalen signs that contract now with the Packers. Jalen, watch this. Like I said the other day with um, Jason Cole, I don't have a problem with him in the league. He's a good football player. He's just not that $15 million a year guy. Can't play dime. Can't play dime, can't stop the run. What can you do? Jonathan Gannon <laughs> in Philly, 25 years old. I'm a D coordinator. <sighs> How'd you get that gig? Honestly, man. How did you convince them? Was it the interview? Was it your massive resume that you have that you put in front of? This is what I see. Watch this. You want to see when I see Jonathan Gannon's uh, resume? It's a blank piece of paper. I don't see it. Like, look how Raheem, I'll give you a great example. Raheem Morris was given the Buccaneer head coaching job way too soon. He had no resume. So now he got fired years ago, and he's built his way up through the ranks again. He's a defense coordinator with the Rams. It was a pretty good game plan last night. And I think Raheem's going to be in the conversation. And I, I want him to be. I'm a fan of his. I am. I think Ken Norton Jr. I posted a picture of me and Ken when we were in Dallas together. I know that's got to piss some of you guys off. But I'm, 
a picture of me and him playing the Dallas together against the Chargers. And um, Ken, Ken's got three Super Bowl championships with the Cowboys and one national championship in 04 with Pete Carroll when he was at Southern Cal. Yeah, man. He, he, he's got a great resume, but that defense just does not look very good. He's probably going to be a casualty in Seattle. Dredog says Eagles D should be attacking better to go out swinging. That's Dre. Absolutely. Absolutely, bro. I mean, look at what do you think the difference this year is with the Dallas Cowboys compared to a year ago without Dan Quinn? You had Mike Nolan as a defensive coordinator last year in Dallas. You know what Mike believes in? That ridiculous two-gapping so that the linebackers can scrape up and down the line of scrimmage. That's so fossil defense. Nobody plays that anymore. Why do you think you see a guy like Aaron Donald with a bunch of TFLs, tackle for losses, and all that other stuff, and occasionally they get run on, right? Like Arizona ran the ball down their throat. Number one rushing attack in the league is Arizona. And it ran the ball right down their throat. Well, that's because Aaron Donald runs around blocks. It's not a priority play to run like it was in the past. Look at Andy Reid. He ran the ball 32 times. Hey, I wish I had the stat. When's the last time Andy Reid had more rushing attempts than he did throwing attempts in a game? I guarantee you can count them on a hand in the last 10 years. Guarantee you can do that. Carlos says, we want our gang green defense back. <laughs> Days are gone. Hey, wait a minute. I'm going to show you something here. That's funny you should say that, Carlos. Let's just go here, right? Clyde Simmons, Jerome, um, Reggie White. Who was the other guy? Keith Wilkes? Who was the other guy at the DT position? Was it Wilkes? I think it was Wilkes, right? Okay. How much you pay for Clyde Simmons? Let's start there. How much you think you pay for Clyde Simmons? Today's Mike Pitts. That's it. You're right. How much do you think? No, Mike Gullick was on the um, Eagles, but he was a backup. How much do you think you pay for Clyde Simmons? Six million. How much do you think you pay for Jerome? Well, I'll tell you what. If you think that Aaron Donald's a good football player, or whatever Fletcher Cox is making. I'm going to pay this guy $10 million bucks. Mike Pitts is a solid football player. He's the least of your problems there. You're probably going to pay him still three and a half. Now we get to the big number. How much do you think it costs you to play Reggie, uh, Reggie, um, Reggie White? Reggie White's 10 times the player that Aaron Donald is. Uh, Jerome, we, okay, Dre. Jerome, we get Donald money? Okay, that's $20 million then. What's Reggie get? 30? Hey, let's just say 25 for craps and giggles here. So you got you got 45 million bucks between two dudes and Jerome and Reggie. You got another six in Clyde. That's 51 million. Then you got three and a half for Mike Pitts. You got 55 million bucks in your front four. 55 million. On a $180 million salary cap. Four dudes. You couldn't keep that group together. Then you got to pay Seth. 
right? You got to pay that dude, Eric Allen. You, could, you couldn't afford gangrene. My point would be this. That entire defense cost you $100 million for the starters. That cost you $100 million, that defense. I mean, it's like asking, can you keep the 85 Bears? You can keep the 85 Bears together. Not in today's money. Oh, yes, Carlos. I said that a couple days ago. If Jerome doesn't die, Reggie would never have left uh, Philadelphia. Yeah, <laughs> how we make it work. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 28-20, I got Carolina taking down the Eagles this Sunday. And then, get this, and then there's a Thursday night game. Good night, almighty, man. Woof. The Buccaneers, really? Man, oh, man. Should be a great college and pro football weekend. By the way, my guy, Gary Cobb, as he does always, from Fox 29 in Philadelphia, will join us on Monday. Make sure you have a great college Saturday and a great NFL Sunday. Should be spectacular. Don't forget, please like the show. Please hit the like button. If you missed any of it, share it. I want to thank Warren Moon and Bill Romanowski for coming on today. Krause Jr., Big Joe, it was all good, man. Till Monday, 6 Eastern, keep it here. Right here on the Jacob Media Channel. We'll see you on the flip side. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.